I'm Steven. And I'm Kevin. Today's episode of The Steven and Kevin Show. We're going to talk about extreme sales incentives and advice for the career change advisor. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to episode 44 of The Stephen and Kevin Show. Today, we're going to be talking about some advice for the career change advisor, which was actually a question from our audience. But before we get to that, I want to talk about an article that this same audience member sent us from The Washington Post. Good stuff here. This is our wacky sales incentive, if you will. (laughs) Extreme. This is interesting here. So... Um, The article here is in the Washington Post. It's actually from November, and the headline is, A Chinese firm makes its employees eat worms if they don't meet their sales targets. And this is is real. So according to this report on a Chinese news site, a leader of the sales group called out the names of about a half a dozen employees who had not achieved their sales goals at a public event and then made them swallow live worms. (laughs) Isn't that extreme? We've seen uh, one too many episodes of uh, Fear Factor. Is that what it is? <laughs> yeah, that is funny. That is exactly a Fear Factor kind of thing. Um, but, you know, here's what's amazing is that the employees accepted this punishment because, get ready, they said it for themselves, which is interesting. So they felt like that would be something that would be very motivating to them, knowing that if they didn't meet their sales goals, that they were going to have to swallow live worms in the moment. I mean, that – I couldn't imagine setting that type of. They must be new to incentive programs because if I set my own incentives, it's going to do nothing with worms, and it may be actually a positive if you reach your sales goals. Yeah, that's when you have to know your employees. You know, if they if they hate worms, uh, you make them eat worms. If they hate spiders, you put them in the uh, fear factor uh, spider box. (laughs) This is just so funny to me, Um, and I and I love it that. um, Well, actually, an attorney came in and basically said, "Hey, look, you guys can't be doing this." Even if people agree to it, this is not something that, that you're, you're allowed to do. So, uh, I mean, imagine that. Like, imagine being a financial advisor and your manager comes in and is like, all right, here's your hurdle. If you don't hit it, I have a box of worms in the back and uh, they're all yours, buddy. Motivation. So, hey, <laughs> whatever stuff. whatever works. Thanks for that I'd submission. I'd like to see their metrics. Do you think we got some rainmakers over there, Kevin? I mean, what, if, what if it really worked? What if it was just like this amazing thing and like the employees that the company took off and sales were fantastic because of this whole worm-eating incentive? I surely hope right. that the uh, American or Canadian culture don't move in that direction to where it's like <laughs> extreme punishments for not meeting your metrics. All hey, right. shifting gears. Let's talk about real-world helpful advice here. Yeah, okay. Uh, unless any of you are taking on this uh, eating worms uh, I'd like to go back to the worms conversation. Uh, I think it's funny. But No, it is funny. But l- let's talk a little bit about the career change advisor because the similar qu- uh, you know, same advisor uh, had a question. Yeah, so this is from Suzanne, and, um, and this is what she sent us. She said, good afternoon, guys. Your podcasts are amazing. Did you ad-lib that part? Is that, uh, I don't know if I see that written. Uh, no, I, I love it. Um, she said, I, and, and your podcasts are amazing and often seem to be geared towards established advisors looking for ideas to build their existing practices. I would love to hear an episode or at least a segment geared to the new advisor and focused on how to get their first clients. But then she says this, it would be slightly different, a slightly different approach for advisors right out of college, but selfishly, my interest 
is a focus on the new advisor who is a career changer. And so in, in my case, she pra- I practiced law is what she mm-hmm. said. So she was an attorney uh, for, for, you know, had a career as an attorney and then changed careers and now is a financial advisor and wants some advice. Great, yeah. great question, Suzanne. Thank you so much for submitting it. And we get this question a lot because the nature of new advisors today is different than it was 20 years ago, mm-hmm. right? And the new advisors today typically do come in with some prior experience in some sort of related occupation, being an attorney, being in some other sort of uh, of sales role. Yep. And uh, Kevin and I happen to do a lot of new advisor training, so this is something that we're, we're used to talking about. Uh, so we, we look at this in a, in a couple of different wavelengths, and this is what we're going to walk you through today. You know, first things first is you're going out and into this new field, let's say whether you're a mm-hmm. month into it or a year into it, we've got to spend a little bit of time crafting the story and making sure you've got your talking points down about why you're qualified now as an advisor. And second, we're going to address how to go out and reach out to some of those former contacts and make the case that, yeah, they used to know you as an attorney, but now they ought to look at you as a legitimate financial advisor that, uh, that they ought to consider. Yeah, absolutely. So we're going to start with the, the first section here, which is um, we're, we're titling it Developing a Bridge. So kind of bridging the gap between why you know you, you moved careers in, in the first place, because quite frankly, you know, for like Suzanne as an example, and let's say she wants to reach out to some of her former um, attorney colleagues, right? They might be thinking in the back of their mind, oh, Suzanne couldn't hack it as an attorney? Well, she, you know, she couldn't. Have, no, why did she move in the first place? Mm-hmm. And you need to have a compelling story, compelling reason as to why you did this. And even if they knew there was a great legitimate reason why you wanted to move careers, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they still may be thinking of you as a newbie in that profession, not somebody that we should be really considering with all the options that That's we have right too. now as a financial advisor. Why should I consider Suzanne? She's new to this. You know, she couldn't have had more than a year of training because she just left our firm. Uh, so why her? And that's why, you know, first things first, talking about developing a bridge, why that's so important Mm -hmm. to be able to think of what is your connection to this industry? You know, we we had a a workshop a while back. Kevin and I were delivering a workshop to a bunch of new advisors, and we had one of the the participants, we're reading their LinkedIn profile, and they were bragging on the length of time, the amount of experience they have as a financial advisor. And how long was it, Kevin? It's like six months or something. I have been an advisor for the last six months and working hard <laughs> for my clients. And I and think, so, and I think you made a joke with them that um, that they probably have to update that every month. So oh, like, now absolutely. it's seven months. Now it's eight months. Got to capture that extra month or two there. So we're we're trying to steer clear of bragging on your own specific abilities right now and your experience as an advisor because frankly, if you're newer to the business, you don't have a lot of that. Yeah, and that's okay. So we're trying to pull from other areas to credibilize yourself, and uh, we'll give you a few examples of that. Yeah. Um, so here, here's one one example, and this one um, is not, not on this list, but this is actually a real world example of an advisor who reached out uh, to us a couple weeks ago, uh, who wanted help crafting his his LinkedIn profile. And by the way, this is not all about your LinkedIn profile, but he needed this compelling story, and he used to be in the tech industry, and uh, and so as we were working with him on it, we came up with this kind of. Um, that came up with, but we were able to pull out of him why he made the mm-hmm. transition. So for him, it was he was he had a, a really a successful career in the tech industry. He got to a point in his career where he needed financial advice, and in particular, he wanted to to build a financial plan. He went out and looked at the different vendors and options that he had available, and he really couldn't find anything that he wanted. He wanted mm-hmm. to work with anyone or any particular firm. 
So he decided, I'm going to do that myself. So he built his own financial plan and through that process, totally fell in love with it and, 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 uh, and decided that, hey, this, I have a passion for this and I want to do this. So then he decided to switch careers. And so like for him, the whole process of building his own financial plan mm-hmm. and, and realizing that there, he didn't feel like that there were adequate options available to go into the level of detail and comprehensiveness that he was looking for, I, I thought was uh, you know, that, that's his compelling story. That's his reason for moving. So when he was going back to those other friends you know, and colleagues in the tech industry, that's what he was telling them. Right, people who yep. are generally on the same wavelength as far as wanting detail yeah, in a financial plan. Exactly. So when I when I hear that story, I'm not thinking this guy is a relative newbie. I'm thinking, well, he's coming out with something that's different and better than what the other folks have. That's you know, right. right? It's, a, it's a good story. Yep. And we've heard other people use that as their bridge before. Their their prior experience in working with an advisor or looking for an advisor, there's a, a top 10 advisor at a major firm, and her rationale for getting into the business originally back when she got in was that she had met with their family's financial advisor and didn't care for it. Mm-hmm. He wasn't talking to her. He was talking to her husband. She was the breadwinner. It just wasn't – there wasn't a connection, and she said, screw this. I can do your job, basically, and got into it. So yep. let, we'll read off a few others that, that you might consider. Everybody out there has a bridge. If you're newer to this profession – there is something in your past, whether professionally or personally, that leads you to become a good advisor, right? We just have to pull that out, as Kevin said, and figure out what's your story. Number um, one, yep. are there uh, unique financial issues in your previous industry that only an insider would know? Mm-hmm. So when this gentleman's calling back to his colleagues, he's able to let them know, number one, I know our company and our benefits really well. I used to work there. Number two, I know some of the financial challenges that people in our industry face. Exactly. So I'm able to bridge these two worlds together. Uh, the next one we had here was what instilled your passion about personal finance? And that was kind of that story that we just we just mentioned, mm-hmm. uh, that, that instilled the passion with him. What was your prior experience in working with a financial advisor? That's both your story. Yep. Good or bad. You know, if you had a great experience and it ignited your passion for this industry, that's a great one to share as well. Uh, do you have relevant skills from your prior career or job? So obviously, like if you're working in an industry where part of what your, your roles and responsibilities were pertaining to finance, I think mm-hmm. that's a pretty easy segue. Right. Yep. Yeah, right. People see it as a major leap because I've gone from – you know, being an internal accountant at an XYZ firm, and now uh, I'm a financial advisor, but there's so much overlap, mm-hmm. and you can draw a connection. I mean, we've made the analogy before of the great connection between a solid burrito and a financial plan. And if we can draw <laughs> the parallel between burrito and financial plan, you can draw the connection from your prior work experience. So I'm envisioning this advisor who used to have, like, own a series of food trucks. <laughs> yeah, you know? <laughs> right? And now he's like, you know what? I want to be a financial you know, a advisor. A good burrito and a good financial plan have a lot in common. <laughs> Quality ingredients all working together in harmony. <laughs> so, uh, do you have prior experience in managing your own money? Yeah. Right? Exactly. You know, and that could be your, your bridge. Well, you know, I spent so many years managing our own money and developing our own financial plan. I like it. We're good at it. And so, this is where I'm at. Uh, and then the last one here we have is, do you have a family member that had problems with money? Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, there's so many financial advisors, you know, professionals that we speak with who have some sort of experience uh, in, in this regard, whether it was, you know, uh, their, their mother or, the, you know, they grew up and their, their father and their mother were always arguing about money or they had a family member who experienced, you know, major health issue and had money issues and they had to help them with it. I mean, that, again, is 
you know, that's your reasoning and your compelling story for why you're doing what you're doing. Right. So step number one here, developing a bridge Mm -hmm. is important. Kevin mentioned your LinkedIn summary. Certainly it's great to put some of this information in there, but also uh, more importantly, we're talking about using it verbally. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, the core of what we're talking about today is when you're reaching out to prior work contacts or you're reaching out to friends who might've known you as being an attorney more so than an advisor uh, or what have you. And you're, you've got and a you're great making the case. Here. Yeah, you're yeah. making the case. So good, good stuff. So and, step one. Yeah, step one. And we've got to be good at this. We've got to make sure we go through it enough to where it seems legit. It's not, um, you know, it's not something that comes across as scripted. It's not something that come, comes across as embellished because the people you're reaching out to with this approach to tell this story know you better than anybody. Yeah. It's got to be real. Yeah, so I mean so it's got to be real, but then you got to spend some time crafting it so that it's it's compelling and interesting, right? So that it's not just like, man, I couldn't find anybody to do a good financial plan. I decided to do it myself, so right. that's why I'm doing this now. <laughs> not that, too hard, a lot that, of software involved. Yeah, that's that, <laughs> that's not interesting. It needs it needs to be it needs to be interesting and obviously like you said legit. Yep. Right. So when it comes to making proactive contacts, you're thinking through everybody that you used to work with. And, you know, and obviously when you're becoming a new advisor, you're thinking about a whole lot of other personal contacts, friends and family members and folks you're going to reach out to. But, but for a moment here, we're going to focus on some of those prior work contacts, other law partners you might have had, mm-hmm. other people in your department or your company or your industry, and, and, uh, and talk about who it should be first and then how to reach out to them. Yeah, so obviously former colleagues is a big one. Um, former clients and vendors from your previous career. That's another one because a lot of times you build relationships with those people mm-hmm. through that process. Um, just other professionals in the same industry. There was an advisor that um, that I used to work with who, he, he same thing as Suzanne here, he was an attorney for many years, got into the you know wealth management business, and he actually had a lot of success reaching out to other law firms. And because he would tell them quickly his compelling story, and they would at least you know hear him out, mm-hmm. right? And he he understands attorneys and lawyers and what they're going through and their financial issues, and because he was one for ten years or whatever it might be. Yeah, and as we look at those first couple of categories, your former colleagues, your former clients and vendors, these are all people you're calling directly. You know them. You have some history. Mm-hmm. You've got some connection there. The others in the same industry. This could be a colder approach. If you're a newer exactly. advisor, it's you can be reaching out be. cold via LinkedIn or by phone. Yeah. But commonality is king when you're going for a cold approach. You've got the commonality. You're in their profession, and that'll get your phone answered uh, you know, quite a bit more often than calling in cold in general. So uh, you know, there, there's a couple of ways to look at this in terms of how you'd reach out to these folks. Granted, you, know, you could uh, catch fire one day and you say, you know, I'm calling all of them, and I'm hitting them up for, for doing business with me. And you could go with the overly assertive approach and say, Hey, Kevin, hope things are well over at XYZ uh, Law Practice. Uh, you know, as you know, I, I'm an advisor now, and I'd like to be handling your money. When can you and Michelle come on into the office and let's, uh, you know, let's get rolling here? Pretty direct. Right. And, and Kevin, for the most part, is going to say no to that. Or I'm going to blow you off in some way. I'm probably just going to say, yeah, hey, now's happy. not a really good time, but look, will you circle back with me? Yeah, That's exactly. what I'm going to do. And what you're thinking is circle back with me when you get some experience. <laughs> you don't know anything about uh, yeah. what I'm doing now except for the fact that I've made the switch from your career to a different one. And remember, these are people that you know, right? These are So anyway, so what we want to do with them really is we're big advocates of rekindling the relationship a little bit, like reach out to them again, say, Hey, look, let's grab a lunch. Let's grab a cup of coffee. And, and during that meeting, you're going to tell them your bridge 
You're going to explain that to them, but you're not going to be overly salesy or pushy at this point. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's the the key. You're still pitching them pretty directly. Mm -hmm. We're not saying slow play all this. If you're a newer advisor, you need to put some points on the board. But we're saying take them out to lunch or a cup of coffee, catch up on life. You've got a lot of shared history in terms of former colleagues, things going on at the office. A little bit of romance. A little bit of romance involved here. But ultimately, sharing them with what what you're doing nowadays. And you can segue into uh, either a request to, uh, to to hear more about what they're doing financially to see if you can help, mm-hmm. or you could perhaps invite them to an upcoming client event that you're hosting. Sure. For newer advisors, they end up having client events that have a lot of clients and prospects mixed in there, uh, You know, heavier on the prospect side than clients usually for new advisors. But you're, you're looking for a next step, that, uh, and, and that, that tends to work, at least uh, gives you a swing, uh, a swing at the plate here. Uh, when, when it comes to like some uh, other people in the industry, a little bit of a colder approach, one that that um, that worked well for the advisor I was mentioning before, who was an attorney, is he would actually call up these offices and he would pitch more of an educational style event. Mm-hmm. He would say, "Hey, you know, I I understand attorneys. I know some of the top issues that they're facing financially. What they should be thinking about." Can we do some sort of lunch and learn? I'll bring in lunch. Let me talk to the the, the, the partners and some of the you know the other um, attorneys there in the office for about forty five minutes, and he had a lot of success with that. Mm-hmm. He got in. It was a very educational style approach. People had questions. He would follow up with people afterwards, and uh, you know, and he'd bring in a free lunch, and they were they were open to it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love it. And uh, along those same lines, in terms of. Uh, Schmoozing. Uh, in that case, it was educating, but he brought lunch at least. You know, sending a, a holiday gift to your old office. That's a good one. It's great. Some of your old uh, former clients and former vendors, you know, sending a basket of baked goods over the holidays, compliments of you, tagline, your go-to financial advisor or whatever you put in there. Yeah. Uh, but basically raising that, that awareness to where ultimately you want to be the go-to advisor for that group. Mm-hmm. And there's no reason why you shouldn't be. You know them better than anybody. You're getting into a profession that I'm sure hoping you're going to get to be really good at. Yeah. And uh, there's no reason why you shouldn't be their go-to person. Uh, here, here's another one when it comes to LinkedIn um, you know, or, or Facebook or, you know, or, or just blogging in general, creating some content around, around that niche, why you know it. Again, maybe you're, you're explaining your bridge in, in, yeah. in there as yeah. well. Uh, creating that content and then doing some colder prospecting via LinkedIn. So like, so if you're doing some colder prospecting via LinkedIn and then someone comes back and they see a publisher post about – why you transition from an attorney to an advisor. You know, the top three questions every attorney has on their mind mm-hmm. as it pertains to finance, you know, their personal finances or whatever it might be. We're just coming up with ones on the top of off the top of our head here, but um, they're going to start seeing you as an expert in that area. And I think you're trying to, you're trying to build out that niche a little bit. Yeah. And a lot of the folks who you used to work with are going to be curious about what you're doing nowadays and they're going to look you up on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. It's the most natural way to do it. Hey, if you haven't considered it already, We'd love for you to take a look at our performance coaching program. Mm -hmm. This is uh, our most comprehensive option. It's one-on-one. You get access to all of our best tools and technology. Yep. We're excited about not only the one-on-one nature of the coaching that you get and having somebody who on our team is a business development expert who's going to be pushing your buttons, helping you do more and better marketing throughout this year than you do on your own. I guarantee you that. But also access to our brand-new learning center. Mm -hmm. Also access to all of our virtual training that we do by way of webinar and our Affluent Marketing Symposium. It's the best program in the industry. Uh, Take us up on that consultation. We're happy to chat with you. It's usually uh, me or Kevin who'd be talking to you about it. We'd love to have that opportunity. So thanks for listening, everybody.